0: It's a building block to get yourself out of a a dark place mentally and in your situation. You know, anything positive that you do is is good, especially at a time when you're feeling like, you know, everything's hopeless. You know, you're feeling like you can't do anything right and you're having troubled times. Um, These little victories, they matter a lot.
1: Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts. Dive into the tips and tricks that you can use while exploring with your cat. They share the war stories, we celebrate the wins, laugh at the horror experiences, and the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. Welcome to the Cat Explorer podcast. I'm Asara. And I'm Daniel. And before we jump into today's exciting chat, we would love it if you could screenshot this podcast on your phone, post it to your Instagram stories, tag us at catexplorer.community, and our awesome guests at Burma Adventure Cat. To let us know that you're listening along. We'll reshare it in our stories and we're really excited to hear your main takeaways of what you think about today's episode. If you've been a part of the cat exploring community for a while it's likely that you've come across the Instagram account Burma Adventure Cat. Burma was one of the first cats who became known for hiking and seeing amazing places and when I first started following Burma it was mainly, mainly to look at the photos of all the beautiful places he goes with his cat dad Stephen and his dog sister Puppy. But following them has become so much more to me. Stephen's story really inspired us. He's an amazing advocate about the challenges veterans face when readjusting to civilian life. And he's really highlighted the human side of PTSD and homelessness. The bond he shares with Burma and Puppy shows the impact animals have on us and how they can change our lives for the better. And we're so excited and honored to chat to Stephen today. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Thank you all. I'd love to hear a little bit about Burma. Tell us about him.
0: Well, Burma is—I always refer to him as a common tomcat. Um, He's—I don't know what breed he is, so he, he's just a—he's um, a common short hair. And his mother was a long-haired calico. He had a calico sister and a solid black brother, and then he had a brother that was his unique chocolate brown color, but with long fur. So he came from kind of an ordinary litter, but um, he is anything but ordinary, as it turns out. I've had many cats in my life, and he's a very special cat.
1: Yeah, definitely. I love that he came from an ordinary litter, and look at all the amazing things he does now. It's just incredible. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's also got a dog sister called Puppy. Tell us a little bit about Puppy.
0: Puppy is a hound mix who is 15 years old. She's doing well to be 15. Um, She's a medium-sized dog. I found her on a mountain in 2004. And she was really rambunctious. She's a service dog now and gets along with other dogs and people. And she loves to be petted. She's spoiled. Um, She was a handful when she was younger. She's really rugged, um, grew up in the country with us, has a lot of endurance. And so she was a handful, but she calmed down as she got older and became a service dog in 2013. And um, she's pretty much attached to me, you know, wherever I am, she wants to be. And um, her and Burma have just really made a difference in my life. My puppy for sure. She's been there through all the hardest times with me.
1: That's just really beautiful, and I just love seeing the videos and photos that you post of the three of you, so Puppy, Burma, and yourself, and um, you've got this amazing pack that you travel together with. How did Puppy and Burma react to each other initially when they first met?
0: Well, Puppy has been around a lot of cats. Before I moved to Oregon, I used to rescue strays and ferals, and I'd trap the cats, and um, and bring him to our home. And so she has been around a lot of cats in her lifetime. And she was kind of indifferent to him when I brought him into our Jeep as a little kitten. She didn't pay that much attention to him, really. But I, I believe she loves him kind of like, you know, that annoying little brother. Mm-hmm. But she, she has always um, tolerated him very well. Burma thinks that Puppy loves him. You know, like like is in they're inseparable. But she really just wants to be with me, and so he kind of thinks puppy, you know, and her are just like this, you know, really close. But um, no, that's not really the case. But they do get along really well, and they do have a good bond. You know, they they've been in close quarters, and they're she accepts him as part of the pack, and so it's a unique bond. But I would say puppy. Just wants to be with me, and if Burma wasn't there, I don't think it would change.
1: Whereas Burma really wants to be with Puppy and you.
0: Yes, that's <laughs> Burma's the the um Puppy's his big sister, and, and she yeah. he used to like want to play when he was little. Um, and she would just like kind of ignore him, but but he didn't know. He thought, well, she's wagging her her tail, you know. He's playing with her tail. He thinks, you know, yeah, you know, we're getting along just great. never had any problems it was a seamless transition when I first got him
1: oh that's awesome because you like we hear a lot of um times when cats come into a family with a puppy like with a dog and um it doesn't go so well because there's some jealousy or like they just don't get along so it's really lovely to hear that they just got along straight away Mm. like that's really beautiful
0: yeah and I attribute a lot of that to puppy being so
1: easy gone. yeah definitely that's That's really good. Um, Shifting slightly, um, Daniel and I, we live in Australia, but we really wanted to say thank you to you and to all the other veterans around the world for all the work you do to keep us safe. And on top of all the service that you've done over the last few years, you've done this amazing job of raising awareness about PTSD and the difficulties of readjusting to civilian life and homelessness. And Personally, just reading your stories may, have made me more aware of the topic. And I want to say thank you to you about that, because I was pretty naive before. And while I started following your Instagram account just to see the photos, I've just learned so much more about all those topics. And you've discovered a really beautiful way to manage PTSD. Do you mind telling us a little bit about it?
0: Um, not at all. Well, back in in 2013, when we were living in the Jeep, um, I guess you could say I had a lot of energy, and I definitely, um, PTSD is is like having a lot of adrenaline in your system often, you know, like too much, and it can be used in a destructive way. PTSD is kind of like fight or flight, and with a veteran, it's kind of like always just fight. And so um and, and living in a Jeep wasn't very helpful with that type of situation because you're always immersed in society. And um so I would say that in 2013 I was running a lot, doing a lot of trail running. Um I've always been you know good about exercising and I needed that. And without that I would have been in a much worse place. But as the um, weather started easing up in the spring of 2013, we started putting this adrenaline to like even more use when we started climbing mountains and doing things like that. And I was, it was about the same time I was getting therapy at the vet center um, with a really good counselor, my friend uh, Chris. Um, who himself is a Gulf War veteran and he's like on the cutting edge of PTSD therapy and I learned a lot from him and he was learning from me and it was kind of just like it, it was just meant to be that we uh, worked together and started um, you know using this to my benefit and I didn't know it at the time but I've had PTSD for a long time and so I didn't know it at the time but I have done, adventure therapy as it's known as um, before way back in the I guess it was the late 90s I used to run really long endurance races um, the ultra distance races that would be up to like 100 miles you know in a day or two Um, the extreme type of sports and I didn't realize it until I started doing the adventure therapy that that really helped me back then too Cause I look back on those years and those years were kind of a little bit better. I could see myself being somewhat healed and feeling better in those times. So I've always been an adventurous type of person and an outdoor lover, a runner. Um, that's always been in my nature. And so in Oregon, I realized, started realizing the benefits of that, and I put it back into use, and I um, started climbing the mountains and doing everything in the wilderness. So, um, yeah, you know, it was just something that happened, and you know, worked out well for me.
1: That's so beautiful. Mm. Um, sorry, sorry if that 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 was a terrible answer. No, that was, no, 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 that, that was, was perfect.
2: That's
1: great. So it's like, it's taught me so much I, already.
2: I guess my next question is uh, being a bit ignorant. Is so, adventure therapy would be anything that you would do to sort of get out there. Is that right? To sort of seek to find an adventure, to climb a mountain, to run a race or run a marathon as a way of a coping mechanism. Is that right? Yes,
0: very much so. Um, it, it's using all that energy in a positive rather than destructive mm-hmm. way. And, and it's, um, I, I really went into it, um, like, trying to, like, learn as much about what was going on as I could. And it's kind of, it's a building block to um, get yourself out of a, a dark place um, mentally and in your situation. You know, anything positive that you do is, is good, especially at a time when you're feeling like, you know, everything's hopeless you know you're feeling like you can't do anything right and you know you're having troubled times um these little victories they matter a lot you know they they keep you going and you build on those and it's kind of like building blocks to building um building your life back sort of and so um another aspect of that is adrenaline Um, it's an endorphin that goes directly into your bloodstream. You know, it's like if you get in a survival situation or something happens, you know, it's in your system immediately. And that's one reason it's so strong and effective. In addition to that, in a fight or flight situation, you will have a lot of, I think it's cortisol. It's another endorphin and it's the only other endorphin that's injected directly into your bloodstream. It works hand in hand with adrenaline in a fight or flight situation and the thing about um adrenaline is you go out there and you burn it off you know you, you climb a mountain it's going to stay in your system for like 24 hours to 36 hours adrenaline does which is another reason vets have trouble with um ptsd and in civilian world because it takes one little incident you know and all of a sudden you're in fight mode and you got this adrenaline and going through you and it's going to stay there for like you know a day you know, you're going to be kind of on edge and, you know, um, ready to go. And that's not always good either, especially when you need to wind down or, you know, you need to cool off. Um, But adrenaline will get, you know, get out of your system. It'll leave your bloodstream. Uh, The point being that the cortisol, though, does not leave your bloodstream. It builds up and stays inside of you. And if you don't exercise or do anything, That's bad for your heart. It's bad for your health. And that's the reason, you know, you read about veterans or people um, with PTSD who have heart conditions or have heart attacks. You know, they've got this cortisol and it's bad for you and it builds up in your system and it does you no good. Adventure therapy, though, um, it, it works the cortisol out. If you don't, you know, if you're not active and everything, that cortisol builds up. And um, but if you're active, that cleanses your body of the adrenaline and the cortisol. So it's healthy. It's physically healthy for you as well. And that's another thing that me and um, my therapist talked about a lot with the PTSD is biological. It's not just a mental situation. It's very much um, a condition. You know, especially if you're um, in this fight or fi- excuse me, fight or flight mode. You know, for a year at a time. You know, like if you're in a war zone or something like that, you know, you, it's big time in your system. You it becomes what you know. It's almost like you you could even say it's like something you get addicted to. Um, that you feel like you need. So it takes a long time to get out of your system as well. But it's very much a combination of mental and physical, and that's a reason vets have a tough time. It just doesn't stop when you get back. You know, it's 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 like your lifestyle just wants to keep on being in survival mode and fight mode but the war ended you know Mm. which is another reason you can be so destructive with ptsd because what do you do with all that energy and that fight and that you know this system your biological system that's in survival mode so that that is the reason adventure therapy is is really good for it because it puts that to use and you need to do something with it anyway long and sorry about that
1: but no, no, no. That was perfect. It's um. I have to admit, like, I hadn't made that connection before where, with the physical and the mental side of things, like that. But now you say it, yeah. Of course, it, it makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't it, thought about it that way. Yeah, and it makes
2: a lot of sense to bring along, you know, puppy and yeah. Burma as part of that av- that adventure, and to help you, you know, see the world that way and yeah. get that energy out and deal, and you know, deal with it and overcome those issues that way. It's just, yeah, it's amazing and beautiful. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, definitely.
1: And I've read a story about um, at the time you mentioned it was your first adventure therapy um, experience with puppy. Um, and you do you mind telling us about that story? You were climbing um, a mountain, I believe.
0: Yes. Yes. And I would say um, it's like I said, with the, the ultra distance running and the, the many um, years we spent doing outdoor things, it, it certainly wasn't the first time I've, I've, I've done extreme types of things like that, but it was the first time in this, um, you know, when we were living in Oregon that year, um, that first year when we got out there uh, in 2012 and 13, like I said, other than running, I was in a pretty dark spot, but as it went, you know, Oregon is surrounded by all these um, or our town rather was surrounded by all these beautiful mountains and different landscapes and um, oregon is a very diverse and unique place and so there was this mountain and it's a volcano actually mount mclaughlin that's 9,000 feet tall and it's it looks like mount fuji you know everybody knows what mount fuji looks like you know it's just a perfect pyramid shaped mountain um and it kind of dominates the horizon in the grants Pass, medford area in Southern Oregon. And I always saw that mountain. I'm, you know, I'm the type of person I just, I, I'm attracted to mountains. And, and I I always just said, you know, one day I'm going to climb that. I just want to climb that someday. And so one night, I guess it was probably 4. I can't remember if it was late March or early April, probably late March. Uh, we were just freezing in the Jeep. Yeah, you know, it was real cold, and our Jeep did not have heat that winter, so we were always kind of cold. But I couldn't sleep, and I just, I had a map of that mountain that I'd just been looking at the other night. And it's like 4 a.m., and I just said, you know what, I'm just going to go climb that mountain. Um, so we drove. It took like an hour and a half to get there. And puppy and i weren't very prepared you know i didn't have the gear you know i didn't have snowshoes spikes um i didn't have a lot of cold weather gear cold weather clothes but um you know we went out and we did it you know with these really uh, i have these trail shoes that i would run in out there doing my trail running that have really aggressive tread they're almost cleat like and so we climbed the mountain you know no socks shorts and you know pair of camo pants and a sweater and we we climbed the mountain and um yeah it was a little bit harder than i expected to i guess i i've really underestimated being up that high you know late march you know it was the mountain was completely snow covered but it got really steep at the top and it was kind of scary you know because we could have slipped and gone a long ways down and um But we did it, and as I've often said, um, it kind of made me realize that I cared what happened a little more than I thought I did. Because, you know, at the time, like I said, it was a really dark time in my life, and I was um, making hard decisions about what I wanted to do, you know, about whether I wanted to give up or, like, I, I didn't feel well at all. Um, I was struggling a lot. And so, you know, often felt like I didn't care what happened to me. But it's kind of funny. It's it's like, well, not funny, but it was. I guess it was odd that you know, once once I got up on that mountain, what it is is you know you're up there and and something could happen and it's a scary situation and you have no control. It's a lack of control. And that's the thing I think was when you're sitting there contemplating if you will, touchy subject, you know, whether or not you want to live or not, that's your own decision. You know, that's, you, you have control over that. And, you know, whatever actions you would take or not take, you have control over that against nature. You don't have that control, you know, no matter what it is, whether it's a, a really violent storm, you know, up on top of a mountain, um, going up against nature is brutal and it humbles you. And, that's the thing about it that's one good thing about adventure therapy is that like when you push yourself and you challenge yourself against nature you'll fight back you know especially you know if you've got just adrenaline and you got ptsd or something you'll fight back you know it's that fight or flight that's what it is going up against a mountain or or something like that that kind of challenge and that's the thing I learned. You know what? No, I, I do care what happens, especially if I'm up against something. You know, no, I'm going to fight back. And, um, you know, it's a challenge. So it was also a very big type of victory, like I said, at a time when things aren't going well. You know, it was it was pretty big thing for us to have climbed the mountain and done something positive rather than, who knows, sitting there in the parking lot or just having a normal time you know it it was it was a good thing it was a good experience in every way and so puppy was there we both did it and we both got back and that kind of um i I said to myself you know we're surrounded by these mountains in this wilderness area i'm going to do something like this every weekend every weekend i'm going to go out and i'm going to climb a mountain or do something something on the weekend is going to be some kind of outdoor challenge, you know, um, and, and that's what I was talking about. That was, that was a building block. You know, it it was something, we know, we were still in the Jeep, we're still in the parking lots. We were still miserable in a lot of ways, but then I had that to look forward to. I had a little bit of a goal, you know, it was a start and that, that was kind of the start of what I would call that adventure therapy that year. You know, wasn't the Mm -hmm. first time we were doing physical things or being in the outdoors by far. But that was what I considered the start of that year and that adventure therapy that when we started getting better.
1: Yeah, definitely. Mm. That's so beautiful. And it makes sense because um, it's that beginning that it's that thing that makes you realize that there is something that's absolutely amazing out there. And yeah, it's just beautiful.
2: Yeah, It just basically showed that you could do it and that, you know, you'd come up against that sort of adversity and you're underprepared, but you came out the other side of it and, you know, it was all a positive experience. It was a real mark. It seemed like it was a real marker for you guys in that adventure therapy, um, you know, progression.
0: Absolutely. Yes.
2: Definitely. And
1: because my understanding is that a few weeks after that, Burma came into your life, didn't he?
0: It was probably. Within a week or two. I can't remember the exact date, but yeah, two, three weeks at the most. Yes.
1: And did Burma start um, adventuring with you at the same time, straight away?
0: Uh, Absolutely. Because, you know, we, um, when I got Burma, when I took Burma, you know, the story behind that is we were sitting outside of a store and a girl came up with kittens to give away. And. I wasn't going to take a kitten until I saw him. And when she handed me him, you know, I, I held his calico sister first and I was like, oh, it's awesome. You know, and I miss cats and I love cats. And. I had actually had a special needs cat named Wanda, the little calico who had passed away like, you know, three, four weeks before. Um, back in Virginia where she stayed back, you know, and I hadn't seen her in a while and I felt I felt horrible. You know, I felt like, wow, I never got to see her again. You know, and I, um, yeah, I remember when I got that call in the middle of the night, mom, or a text message. Mom just said, "Yeah, Wanda passed away." Um, yeah, and I was devastated. And I you know, was the type of, you know, thing. And during those times, it seemed like everything. I mean, even the littlest things were just like devastating to me back at the time. And then so here I am holding a little calico cat, you know, like a month later, and I'm thinking, wow, is this fate? But I'm thinking, but no, no, I'm living, you know, who are we kidding? I'm living in a Jeep. But she hands me Burma, and he looked like he belonged in the wilderness. He's this little brown cat, and he's got this confidence, and he looked different than any cat I've ever seen. He just looked like a little wild cat, something about him, you know, just totally unlike any cat I've ever seen. And I knew the second that I was sitting there holding him that I was keeping him. So I kept Burma, and the only thing about it was I had nothing to offer him but the life we were living, which was very uncertain, very rugged, um, a lot of physical discomfort. You know, we were out in the elements, and I knew that, you know, I was climbing the mountains, and, you know, this, this was what we were in for. So. Um, I knew it was a challenge and I was going to have to keep him safe. But at the time, it wasn't about taking Burma on walks or um, letting Burma do this or that. I had to, like, take Burma into our situation and say, OK, you're just going to do whatever we do. You know, that that's all there is to it. wherever we go. You're going to go. You know that was kind of the way it was. So, um, yeah, he, he just was like part of that. From the moment we I took him. And that was that was a commitment, you know, because I had nowhere Mm. to like tell you know, where he could stay when we did anything. It was a commitment. When I walked away with him, he was he was with us, you know, for um better or worse in a really difficult situation. So he he just we absorbed him into that. And fortunately, when when she handed me him, I saw something in him that said, you know, he he he's made for this, you know, he can handle it. He can handle the wild. He, you know, he was so confident and just something about him. I said, yeah, he can do this. Any other cat? No. And I've had many cats in my life, but something about him, you know, and and I do want to say that was kind of a blessing because, you know, I've had cats all my life. As I said, I've had special cats. I had a cat that lived to be like, when I was from, I had, I had him since I was little. His name was Benjamin until i was 22 and i thought he was going to live forever i would not accept that anything was ever going to happen to him and um but of course something did when i was 22 you know he passed away when he was real old and so i've always had special cats and and at this dark time in my life a cat also was yet another thing that picked me up in a big way because i loved cats i needed a cat and it's kind of like i felt like then I got a cat that could actually live in our situation. You know, it wasn't like I got a cat eventually when I got a little more civilized and our situation eased up, then I got a cat. No, I got a cat and I got a cat who could handle what we were going through. And that's a one in a million cat to have been able to you know, do that. So that's another reason I always thought Burma was like such a gift because I've always had cats and you know, then I, then I got one when I could have used a cat and I got one who was unique enough and tough enough and to, you know, be Burma, which which was the only cat I could have had in that situation. So Burma was, um, right in on it from the start, from the very first time I had him.
1: Yes, definitely. And, um, I find it interesting that, um, you mentioned that he was so well adjusted because um Daniel who while Daniel is across a lot of the things that the cat explorers do and things like that, he doesn't necessarily see all the photos and videos. And yes. um, just before we chat to you chatted to you today, I um, showed him your Purina video as well as your video on the dodo as well. Yeah. And your first what was your first response? Um
2: It was just amazing. Like I just yeah. I was blown away at how these well not just Burma Burma and puppy would go traveling with you and Mm. exploring and you guys were in some amazing incredible places and just like they were naturals at it like it wasn't like you know they were off harness and everything and they just seemed like that was their element it's just so incredible to see like they were just
1: Uh, and so free and happy and and just happy like you can just tell that like there was a particular um video of Burma and puppy just doing this little hop jump thing up um up a trail and I was just like I could just watch that again and again and again (laughs) it just makes me smile um like the life you've given them is just incredible even though at the time you might have felt concerned about it but you definitely have given them an amazing life
0: yes yeah um, oh go ahead go
1: ahead sorry you go ahead
0: I was just going to say Burma, of course, was more of a safety concern than puppy being a cat. Um, you know, it's not uncommon for dogs to be rugged and out in the mountains, you know, and, and whatnot. And they, they'll follow you along. But the cats, of course, you know, another story, as you know, from Cat Explorer, you know, it's it's a whole, whole nother ball game with a cat out in the wilderness or wherever. So, yeah that was a that was commitment I had to keep Burma safe and and puppy as well like with some of our situations but as a general rule though you know it was um well there's a learning experience for me as well as far as you know Burma being out there
1: so what kind of things were you finding like do you find that you have to keep Burma safe from
0: well um predators you know okay. there's um a Lot of birds of prey out out in Oregon, you know, they got they got eagles, hawks, osprey. So one of the first times he was in danger, we were out on the sandbar in the river, and someone actually yelled from a ways way on the bank. And they said, There's an osprey circle in your cat, you know. And I looked up, and it was, you know, 50 feet in the air. Um, and Barmer was still rather small then, so you know, I picked him up and um, till. The bird went away, but but things like that, and um, you know there there's uh coyotes or coyotes as people say mountain lions out there, which are a danger to puppy as well. I'd actually be more concerned with puppy and mountain lions in Burma. They'd probably get puppy for a bigger meal rather than Burma, and um, so that there is a lot of predators out there, rattlesnakes, you know, um, and then uh, I guess you consider water is, you know, like I said, nature, the elements, always a danger. Um, Rushing water, you know, the rivers out there, they're narrow, they're, you know, got a lot of white water, a lot of current. Um, And we were around the rivers a lot. So there was just, you know, anything you could think of about, you know, how is this environment unsafe? There was a lot of that. You know, there was, there was a lot to like, make you feel as a concerned parent, as you will, you know, as, as you know, you love these, cats and dogs you know we're cat dads and cat moms and um it was just you know definitely a lot to be concerned about out in places like this so
1: yeah definitely so how do you keep puppy and burma safe around water because i think um a lot of people in the cat explorer community we are slowly if our cats are comfortable with it we're slowly introducing them to rivers and um I suppose, lakes and creeks and stuff, but I have to admit, I hadn't thought about keeping them safe other than wearing a life jacket, but surely there are other things that we need to bear in mind. What do you normally do? For water, you mean? Yes. More specifically,
0: um, respect it. You know, it, it, that's kind of um, a mental understanding of, you know, don't get in trouble. I mean, I know that's easier said than done, and often, you know, you're in trouble before you realize you, you were, but respect. The water and the natural elements more than anything and, and, and be aware. And, and, um, I think, I think that's a big step into keeping them safe and preventing anything from happening and and just understand currents, you know, even if water like on a river or a creek, even if it looks still, you know, you've got undercurrents and things like that. And like I said, just be respect the water, especially moving water like creeks and rivers and lakes, you know, I would suggest Obviously, you wear a life jacket or whatnot, you
1: know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I suppose the water might look really shallow, but it could also be quite deep. It might be hidden, and you can't always judge from the surface as how deep it is. Right. So, um, yeah, right. that's a really good point. I hadn't actually thought about no. that before, no. so that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, And it's really lovely to hear how Puppy and Burma have played such a big role in your life at this time. Like, that's been quite challenging. And um, our animals play quite a big role in terms of providing um, companionship and entertainment and love and so much more. What roles have they played in your life?
0: Um, Well, Puppy, as a long-term companion, I had other dogs as well. Um, like, I've, I've, I've surrounded myself with animals in general. And that was one thing with having PTSD and depression. You know, depression, it might have come some from PTSD, but I think I'm, I have depression chronically anyhow. And, you know, people who might suffer from PTSD and depression, and I know veterans do, they often tend to be loners, you know, and stick to themselves and introverts and that sort of thing. So. But it doesn't mean you don't want companionship and, and animals provide that, you know, in a way. And, and, you know, a lot of people, they just rather be with animals than people, you know, even though they may like people. And I like people, but yeah, I'd rather be with animals and animals have always been there for me throughout life. And, you know, throughout all this struggle with PTSD and depression and puppy, um, more specifically, as one of the remaining dogs in my life. Um, She was there. Like I said, I took her to Oregon and she was there through all this side by side and she became a service dog. So it goes without saying, you know, she she really mattered a lot to me. And. So puppy, they say dogs absorb the emotions, you know, that their owners have. So if you're feeling real depressed, you know, they they can feel real depressed as well. And so in some ways, that's not fair to puppy, you know, to be um, that connected to me, you know, especially through these dark times, I often felt sorry for puppy. You know, if I can talk about, you know, those times again, um, I sometimes thought, you know, it's not fair that I'm, that life is like this, you know, it's so difficult for puppy as well because, you know, she feels my feelings. She knows I'm unhappy or, you know, she certainly, um, knew when I was angry and when I would lose my temper and, you know, get angry, um, which was often. Um, so, you know, as as a service dog, she has really been a service dog, you know, selfless and been there for me and been a comfort. And I, I wasn't alone, you know, through those times. And as far as Burma's concerned, he works into the story that we had of those times in that when I got Burma, I also told myself you know in addition to keeping burma safe you know even though i'm absorbing him into into our life you know he's got to kind of accommodate us where we're going and all that and be able to do it but i did tell him i am not going to bring him into this like situation and let it be some dark situation that puppy knows you know i don't want him I don't want him to know that, you know, that side. And, and, and it challenged me to, like, have a better attitude. And to um, I, I wanted Burma to just have this life of freedom and, and, and just enjoy it and to not know that, hey, this is a bad situation. You know, I'm not out here all the time in the woods because I want to be, you know. But and puppy, I think, understood that puppy knew that it was often survival. I didn't want Burma to ever pick up on that. I didn't want you know, I, I just didn't want that for him. And so that that was a challenge to me and that was yet another step in in how Burma helped me is it I've I've often s- said this too, you know, Burma, you know, puppy, she's there, I'm down, she's down, you know, we're in it together and Burma, you know, he's this kitten you could say he's naive to our situation because, you know, he shows up, you know, they, he likes the outdoors and all this. He's he's naive to our situation. He's this kitten who's in this um, this wilderness, you know, and all these places we go who loves it, you know. And I wanted to keep him just thinking, hey, this is just one big happy life and one big you know playground. I never wanted him to know it was dangerous. I never wanted him to, to. um I just I just wanted to be different with Burma and I wanted to see the world is the way he saw it, too. You know, he he's this kitten full of life and, you know, he sees the beauty and the good and everything. And, um, he really breathed a lot of like that positive energy into our situation, mine and puppies both. And so I'm kind of like, yeah, I, I want to. I, that's what I want. I want I want to see you know things better and. So he changed. He helped me in a time when I was really trying. He helped me to see things in a more positive way. He gave me reasons to see things better. So you could say he really did um, make a huge difference in my life at the time. In in every way. And, and, you know, what, what can I say? You know, I get this cat who can handle this lifestyle and he loves it. He thrives at it. And I don't know. It, it just all seemed to like work together, you know, like, like a perfect storm, but in a good way, it helped me a lot. You know? so puppy and Burma without them, who knows, you know, maybe, I, maybe I would not never made it back then, you know, maybe without Burma, you know, maybe I wouldn't have made it. So.
1: Yeah. That's that's really beautiful. And I think our animals just play this amazing role in our lives because sometimes we find that we have to look after them. Like, you don't really want to get out of bed. You don't want to, you know, get out and about, but you have to go out there and you have to feed them and, you know, you have to look after them because you love them and you have to do it.
2: Yes, you know? Yeah, that's right. It sort of forces us to sort of play a bigger role, and yeah, they look after us by us looking after them. Yeah. And from what it's what you've just described, like it sounds like you've got the perfect dynamic with the three of you guys, and that you know you just help each other, feed off each other, and yeah. with Burma bringing this positive energy into the mix as well, it just looks like it's taking you guys to the next level and really helped to sort of you know spur you forward.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And, and you're right. And, and that's that's another point. That was another aspect of it. Burma, it wasn't easy taking care of a cat, you know, in a Jeep. Um, that gave me a responsibility. And, and you know, there's times um, when work and having things to do and having a, an agenda and a responsibility is in, in itself a positive thing. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was obviously not easy you know having a cat now you add a cat to a GP, Yeah, that's like you know that's more work but that was good you know at the time that was a good thing to put like once again more putting energy into something positive um so yeah animals are, are good for that you know when we take care of them and we're being responsible with them it's, it's good that's a good way to good productive way to spend your time
1: yeah definitely um and on top of that like i I remember um, one of the first photos I ever saw of Burma, he was sitting on top of a mountain looking into a valley and Mm -hmm. it was just so beautiful. I just remember thinking that's stunning and part of me was just like I really want to go there as well and um, I find that a lot with a lot of your videos and photos. I just think oh those are beautiful places and I think one of the amazing things that um, the three of you get to do is to see these beautiful places that most people don't get to go to. Do you have any um, few places that you've been that just stand out in your mind that you absolutely loved?
0: Absolutely, yes. Can and we hear a that. little bit about them? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, well, on on that subject, that's a loaded subject because that kind of okay. It's in I mean, in a good way. Um, it, obviously, I'm very detailed with these answers, so bear with me. But um, always, oh, love... We,
1: we love hearing about them. Okay.
0: I always loved the landscapes and, you know, beautiful places. And um, so um, I love taking pictures and I had just got an Instagram account. Um, somebody told me about it and I really didn't use, you know, a picture of this or that, you know, something simple. You know, just get another thing to log into but I had a few pictures of that. And then I got Burma, you know, but, but as me and puppy started doing the adventure therapy and, you know, these landscapes open up and I've taken all these pictures and I'm posting them to Facebook and I post some to Instagram. Well, Burma, of course, was, it was just like, well, he just like makes that landscape is kind of the way my Instagram started out. You know, I'm thinking of the mountain and the landscape and these beautiful places more so than Burma adventure cat Instagram. But he's there and i'm thinking well that's really unique you know you got this exotic landscape and then here's this cat you know and he's a very photogenic cat and um so the two kind of like went hand in hand and um i've made i I just decided to make his account berm adventure cat and that that's that's when i came up with berm adventure cat so it kind of started more like on the landscapes and the uh the the wilderness um point of view our instagram did so and and to be more specific about some of these locations however like say in oregon specifically where we were in grants pass you could go an hour this way and you've got a landscape that's maybe it looks kind of like the uh i don't know kind of like the alps more like alpine you know big type of spiky mountains you go this way and it might look more what people think of the pacific northwest with big mountains just covered in pine trees and you go this way and and like any direction you go out there and it's like a completely different world it's such a unique place and there was this one place that i saw in particular that we would go to a lot um and it's the Kalmyopsis wilderness And Puppy and I first went there probably about a week or two before I first got Burma. And I was absolutely mesmerized by this place. And I would imagine that that picture that you're talking about is probably from this wilderness area. Um, It's really unlike any place I've ever seen. And we ended up spending a lot of time up there. We had a lot of challenges. You know, it's, it's a very harsh landscape very dangerous landscape and very remote few people go to it because it's not filled with trails or roads um you go up to the edge of it it's almost more like canyon like you go you drive up into the mountains and it kind of like drops drops out like at your feet you know kind of like grand canyon if you will it's got huge mountains but it's more like you're up on the edge of high in this place and we would hike up there we stayed up there. We slept up there often. We spent a lot of time up there. It became a um, really unique place for us. And I always, I cannot think of our situation in those years without without that being like the main place I think of, except for when we were down in Grants Pass in the parking lots, you know, the urban side. As far as the wilderness goes, that that place more than any was. Um, a very special place for us you know one of many but with without a doubt the most beautiful the most rugged and um challenging and and the biggest part of our our time out there we went many other places but nothing compared to that place so that um was one of the most beautiful places i've I've ever seen
1: Yeah, I think I actually think that is the um, photo that I'm talking about because it looked um, like Burma was looking down over this valley, and it looked like red dirt or red or orangeish dirt, and yeah, it just looked absolutely stunning. And I and I like that um, during a difficult part of your life, you've got this beautiful nature area that you can associate it with. Like that, that's just some um, – it's just beautiful. And so like when you um. I suppose as you've been exploring a lot more with Burma and Puppy, you've learned a lot. And is there a way that you prepare them every time you go, decide to go on a hike or decide to go um, on one, um, climb one of these mountains now?
0: Well, now more than then, yes. I mean, you know, I have some things that I definitely want to have on hand at yeah. the time. Um, back then, no, at first, you know, it was, we, we had what we had in a Jeep, you know, and it was kind of just grab. And I learned about – um, Burma um, and, and a cat in the wilderness as we went. And a lot of that was learned through mistakes or things that happen, you know, little scary situations. And you realize, okay, this is something I'm going to need to remedy, you know, or I'm going to have to be prepared next time. So I learned it as I went, but um, we're kind of minimalist, I believe. And right now, yeah, i, I it would take, I, I would have some specifics to take with us. Um, in hindsight, you know, five years later, uh, five years experience doing this. yes, there's some things I would definitely take, um, but it doesn't take long puppy. No, not so much. Just as long as she's got water, you know, she's a dog, um, puppy's real easy. Burma, it, it's a little more challenging, as you know, from the cat explorer community, you know, they require a little bit extra
2: So what are some of the specifics that you would take?
0: With um, Burma, absolutely, he will have safety line, which I use. um, I use military grade 550 cord or parachute cord. Um, I use that for his safety lines. And um, it it, it also depends on what we're going to do as well. You know, if we're just literally going you know, out in the country taking a walk or something like that, then just as long as I have safety line on me, um, but anything beyond that, you know, if it's going to be a hike or something like that, uh, a soft carrier, cause you know, I, I have gone up and climbed mountains without a carrier. Um, I, the first two years, I really, oh, I'm sorry, the, the first year I often didn't have a carrier and I just carried him in my hand. That's hard to do, or, you know, let him walk, but, any any more these days I would have a carrier. Um, I've not been one to put coats on Burma, you know. Um, he does have one, you know, a, a cheap little parka type, and he has worn it once or twice. But for the most part, um, I don't have any kind of clothing specifics. But the one item I will always have when I do anything um, is the cat locator the tracking device he wears a tracking collar but that locating device um i learned about needing that through experience and i think i got that probably in 2014 probably after i'd had burma about a year and a few months i got that and i can't tell you how many times i've used that and there's no way i would be without that specifically Mm -hmm. on a mountain or a hike or something like that and i've used it You know, even like just out in the country where where, uh, my parents live, you know, it's invaluable.
1: And it's a peace of mind as well, like that you can always find him as well.
0: Huge peace of mind.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a specific type or brand of um, cat locator that you use? Yes. I use a, um,
0: a tracking device from a company. The company is ComSpec. And they're um, a company that makes electronics out in California, and they have been making tracking devices for wildlife biologists for decades. Um, you know, the old school kind, you know, you go out with the the um, the handheld unit and, you know, you, you point it in different directions looking for a beep, Kind of like, you know, you, like if you're uh, thinking of like they tag a mountain lion or something and they put a radio collar on it. So they can keep tabs of it or study or, you know, studies on bears or whatever. It's, it's that type of technology. It's old school technology, but they make a specific collar and tracking device for cats. They call it the Le- Low Catter. um, kind of a whimsical name, but uh, and it's not exactly cheap, but um, it works with electronics. You know, you change the battery on his tracking device, which is attached to his collar Once a month. And then the uh, unit for finding him is a little bit big. I mean, big as in it's not like something you're going to shove in your pocket, you know, so Mm. it's going to take up a little space in your backpacket. But for me, it's worth it because it's quality and it doesn't rely on GPS or technology so much, you know, Mm. just as long as it's not broke and you've got a good battery and battery in both the, the tracking. Device um, and the finder, then you know you're going. It's going to work, and I like that um, dependability. Mm.
1: So it's very good. Yeah, because, good. I'm yeah, sorry, because go a lot of the um, oh, sorry, a lot of the um, pet. So like there seems to be a few um, pet tracking devices at the moment, but they're all either GPS, which is not convenient when you're on a mountain because you don't necessarily have reception cover on your phone okay. to get, find them. And then there's also the, I think it's called RFD um, radio waves ones, and but you've only got like 20 meters of coverage on that as well. So right. so that one sounds like a good option, especially if you're out and about a lot. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. wasn't aware of that one, so that's an awesome option.
0: It's got good range. You know, it's supposedly um, up to a mile or more in the country. Um, and of course it depends on hills or trees or whatnot, but um, yeah. And, and I know there's lots of um, the new tracking types of collars for pets and I think they're great. You know what I mean? Mm. And um, I certainly don't know anything about them. Um, I just know technology is sometimes not reliable. Mm. Um, and so, I, and I would, I would try one of those as well, but I just know this works and mm. it, it's old school electronics, and and for us, like out in the wilderness, um, that's what we go to, and that's I know it works because we've used it so many times. Yep.
1: yeah, but yeah,
0: yeah but I'm sure there's there's other devices that work as well. You know, I just mm. never used these others, these other types. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. So Daniel and I were quite fairly introverted, and um, we found that exploring with our two cats has forced us to come out of our comfort zones because people always ask us questions about them. And I've read that you've had similar experiences with Burma. How do you, I'd love to hear about those experiences and how that's helped you connect with fellow hikers that you've met.
0: Well, it definitely helps. I mean, like you say, if you're, if you're a quiet person and um, you could actually use some social interaction or it'd be good for you, um, which was certainly the case when I first started hiking with Burma. Um, Yeah. He, people are attracted to the cat, you know, they're used to seeing dogs out there, but they're going to say something when they see a cat. And I I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, Oh, that's a cat. Or, you know, you know, like, yeah, it's a cat, you know, or they say, is that a cat? You know, I mean, obviously it is a cat, but you know, that's their reaction. Um, And if I had a dollar for every person who said, that's the first time I've ever seen a cat, you know, out in the mountains or on a leash or something like that, you know, um, I'd be well off, but it's, it's um, definitely opens you up to conversations. Um, It it did do that for us and it was good for me because, you know, at the time, you know, it it helps you to not feel alone. But personally, for me, especially in those times, it was good because, like I say I like people i'd rather be by myself i like my own company i love animals you know i'd rather just be in a small um circle of loved ones but i do like people and um once you know someone loves cats or they love animals it's an instant like okay you all are like my kind of people you know what i mean It not it's not only good um for you, it's good for everybody. I mean, you both, all of a sudden, you've got this, you know, connection, you know, y'all animals, you know, or cats in specific, especially when it's cats out there, you know, you got cat people, you, you instantly have more of a trust and um, an appreciation and you have something big in common. So from that aspect, it, it's like really cool. And it, it's been um, that way for five years, wherever we go, you know, Burma has been an an attention, a tractor and um i once joked um back in 2013 the first year i had him um it's kind of funny when i was um doing all these things trying to like to say build a life um sometimes it was as simple as like i had this um thing we'd go to a movie like once a week I, you know and i don't even like doing that but i'm like okay we're gonna go to a movie and, and enjoy it and and um stop being negative about everything you know and um and i would say we're going to go to friday night art night which was like every every friday night in the first friday of the month in grants pass they would have like this um you'll go walk the streets of the downtown and you know people are set up outside their shops and all that and it's kind of like a social thing and and I'd, I'd clean up when i could and go to this art night and carry burma around in my hand and sometimes when he was a little he'd fall asleep you know he'd get bored you know i guess it wasn't exciting enough for him and he'd fall asleep and but but talk about attracting attention and i used to joke that um you know people say like well, if if you're a guy and you want to get girls have a you know have a baby okay if you're a guy and you want to get a girl go carry a cat around (laughs) it it, is the biggest chick magnet that there is (laughs) i'm not even like you know um so i used to laugh about that but mm-hmm. he has definitely given me a lot of reasons and it and um situations to be social and to talk to people and connect to people which is always good you know mm-hmm. and, and that's another healing thing that's another building block into like um i think having a better life and so burma has helped me immensely in that and on that note, I will say that he is the reason that I actually met my girlfriend. So, you know, the chick magnet was back then. But, yes, he eventually he is the reason I actually met um, my girlfriend.
1: So I'm aware that over time your life has had a few positive changes of late. And um, we'd love to hear what, what you've been up to recently.
0: Yeah, our life has had a lot of changes. Um, I would say we're a lot more civilized. We have a more civilized lifestyle these days than we did a few years ago. And that's something that's good in a lot of ways. Um, obviously, we're not in a survival situation anymore. And if you will. And so we have spent a lot more time on the East Coast um, these last couple of years, whereas the first two or three years were primarily on the West coast. Um, I'm originally from West Virginia on the East coast. My parents live in the country in Virginia and I would come back with puppy in Burma, um, back in 2014 and 15 to visit like once a year. But then in 2015, I actually met my girlfriend and We went back out west but we ended up not staying that long and coming back east and so primarily since 2015 i've spent my time on the east coast and so we have been spending a lot of time up in new york on long island and that's somewhat different and it's kind of like the um in some ways we're a little bit opposite of we were of how we were back at the start um we still go on adventures and we still hike but it's it's not like it was when we were out west and it's certainly not the situation um we're, we're immersed in the wilderness and um gosh there's so many stories about that Those the contrast of our life now and then um it, it's definitely a lot different um and, and as such, Burma is different in a little ways as well, you know, because he, he's the main subject here. Um, that's one thing. When, when we were living out there and those first couple years, I cannot even begin to tell you how rugged and kind of wild Burma was. He was a sweet cat. You know, he's, he's always been Burma, but he he was just almost just like a little wild animal. In many ways, very rugged. One of the things that has made him Burma Adventure Cat is that he is just so adaptable. You know, he handles any situation well. Well, that's also good because he actually handles the civilized lifestyle well. You know, you would think a cat like Burma, you know, he doesn't want any part to do with like, you know, being in a hotel room or in a room or, you know, in a normal setting. But he is remarkably just as much um adapted and just handles that just as well as he does the mountaintops or the desert um, so that's really unique and he's handling it really well um, and at a moment's notice he he's, he's burma adventure cat when we take him out to the mountains you know um that's in him it's always going to be in him and he's always going to be that rugged cat first but in 2000. And, I guess 16 I had to have him fixed I neutered him he was no longer mm-hmm. a tomcat um so he is not quite the physical specimen that he was back when we lived in the jeep and and just the same um I'm not that rugged wilderness guy that I was I mean it's still in me once again and we can go out and climb a mountain or go run 10 miles no problem I'm um, on a whim and I still love to do that, but I just do have a little bit more of a civilized life right now. Um, you know, it goes with the territory of change mm-hmm. and uh, having a girlfriend mm-hmm. who would rather you be a little more civilized. She, you know, she always laughs about like how rugged I was when she first met me. You know, she calls me a savage, told me I was, we were all kind of uncivilized, you know, and um, which is fine <laughs> to me. I knew that, you know, she didn't have to tell me that. Um, but yeah, she said her goal was to like, get me cleaned up, um, some and a little more civilized and I guess she's accomplished that. Um, and I, I would honestly say if I hadn't met her and, and we weren't together, I would probably still be out West most of my time. Even though, you know, my mother is ill, my father passed away unexpectedly last year, and I'm taking care of my mother a lot. Um, so we don't get to get out and have the adventures that we like to have. Um, but we hope to, again, we hope to be much more active in the climbing the mountains um, and getting back into being a lot more active outdoors. So we're taking it in stride. You know, that's life. It keeps keeps going. You know, it changes You're and the best way to fight that is to not fight it, to kind of roll with the mm-hmm. punches, you know, and, and, um, fortunately we're all adaptive to that and we are living a little more civilized lifestyle now. And who knows, you know, um, I don't know, you know, you never
1: know what's going to happen in the future. And I do love how adaptable you guys are because I'm, um- you recently posted a video that just made me laugh so much. So um, the three of you went to Petco, I believe? Yes. Yeah, and um, Burma was eating the cat grass, and I loved your comment where you were just like, Burma, stop eating that. I'm going to have to buy it because we have the exact same experience with our two cats. <laughs> you take them to the pet store. They're like, oh, I'll break that toy because I want to play with it. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That that was so relatable. It just made me laugh so much. <laughs> Good. Um but yeah it's um it I think sometimes we get so used to hearing um where someone is or their story that we forget that life changes and we have to adapt with how life changes and sometimes it changes for the better sometimes it doesn't but it's really lovely to see how the three of you have adapted to all your different environments and the situation you're in and you're constantly finding a positive in what you're doing which is really really beautiful
0: Well one thing I was going to say is like though as as far as the change it's interesting because um that wilderness area the calmeopsis it's it's a very remote wilderness area and you know we we spent many times out there including uh uh, christmas you know we spent christmas is out there and we'd be the only person for like 20 miles you know 30 miles we're literally you know alone out in these wilderness areas and now like up on long island in new york where we're at it it's a um it's a long, like, kind of like a sardine type of fish-shaped island, 112 miles long, 20 miles at its widest, and it has 8 million people on it. So, you know, we we started off spending most of our time in the deserts and, you know, in driving across landscapes where we sometimes would not see another car throughout the whole night, you know, just really remote, um, isolated places – and now we're spending most of our time, you know, in an area, and not just Long Island with the 8 million people. We're spending you know, our time in an area with, what, 30, 40, 50 million people. So it's quite a change, you know, and that's kind of um, a good testament I mean, to Burma and puppies and my adaptability. It, it, it's an extreme change. You know, you're asking where we are now because, you know, it's like the urban it's kind of like the country mouse city mouse story i don't know if you ever Mm. heard about that but it's kind of like that you know we've been the country mouse you know we've been the the wilderness family out rugged you know um living like that and yet here we are you know in 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 new york surrounded by Mm. culture and you know millions of people and Mm. you can't you literally can't escape people in that environment. So it's such a change in that way as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Unique. And um, so hopefully we're going to find a balance. And, and and my goal and our goal, one of our goals is at one point, again, live out West, you know, to where Mm -hmm. we can have the, you know, more civilized life, you know, as it is civilized now, but then enjoy those mountains. You know, the, the ones that we um, started out in, in the deserts mm-hmm. and the landscape, because it is much different, you know, on the East Coast. It's sometimes hard, especially up in New York, to find places to adventure, to go. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the best we can do often is a park, you know, mm-hmm. and that's more that's more along the lines of taking Burma, you know, on a walk and uh, pupping Burma on a walk. And that's good, you know, if you can get outdoors, you know, you enjoy what you can. The beaches, we also go to the beaches, so you see pictures of Burma on the beaches more. Um, so that that's different, and you could actually say that's a challenge, to find places that, you know, we can really enjoy, unless we can get up into the Adirondack Mountains or the White Mountains of New Hampshire. Some very beautiful, very rugged mountains. Um, down here in Virginia, we've got some mountains, but the East Coast isn't quite yeah well in a lot of ways it just doesn't compare to the uh landscapes that we drew up out west mm. you know in, in many ways so that also is is a big change of where we're at now you know but we're rolling with that and as you said you roll with it and you make the best of it um so mm. we hopefully find a balance to where we're a little more extreme again with the adventures but hopefully um and almost certainly we won't be in that type of dark situation as we were at to start either so we'll find a balance you know it's it's um yeah
1: yeah i understand it's really interesting you mentioned that though because um so we live in sydney which um is not as populated as new york but Big it's it's still a challenge to find a place to go because sometimes you're just like traffic in Sydney is horrible it takes us like two hours to get anywhere and right yeah and then you're just like so that's a four-hour round trip not including the time spent there and balance is always something really hard to find so it's really interesting that you bring that up because um it's very relatable and it's it's a challenge that we're all trying to figure out as well so yeah thank you for bringing that up
0: oh absolutely yeah and and it it is a tough um challenge to find places to go with them you know, cats in particular, and you mentioned yep. earlier, like you know, where can, what motels will take a cat, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, and and cities are set up more for dogs, you know, not cats. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in cities, most cats are expected to be indoors. You know, um, so it, it, that is a challenge. And, and on that topic, I will I will mention though that, you know, when you talk about keeping cats safe, one thing I'm very wary of is dogs. You know, even mm-hmm. just pet dogs, because. People often let their dogs go, you know, and off leash and understand that in, in some ways. I mean, it's okay. but but they know their dog is aggressive to cats. But they'll say, I never expected to see a cat out here, which is a fair statement. You know, you know, your dog gets along with people and everybody, but maybe it doesn't like cats. Well, they're not prepared to see a cat, you know, on a leash or something like that. I'm very worried about dogs you know i love dogs and but i never trust one until i know they're okay with cats and mm-hmm. seems to know when dogs don't like cats he can kind of sense that you know he, he he knows that and it's funny because he can also sense when people don't like cats you know and i'm sure if you, you you've been hiking with your cat enough you know what i'm talking about you know you get all these people that come up and like oh is that a cat you know and they want to talk to you about the cat you can also tell who who doesn't like cats because you know you'll get these looks or you'll get they'll they'll pretend they don't see your cat you know you can tell when people don't like cats as well but um Mm. anyway more challenges you know of of having a cat and taking it in the outdoors you know so sometimes you know even a park in the city could be just as dangerous a wilderness area because a dog you know that that's a predator sometimes to a Mm -hmm. cat so And, and i would always caution you know um i know people love their cats and maybe it's common sense but yeah never underestimate the dogs you know a Labrador or any kind of dog that looks, you know, friendly family pet though, you know, they may not like cats and,
1: mm. you know. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. a concern.
2: Yeah. That, that definitely sums up a lot of the challenges Shums, that yeah. we as a community face when we take our cats exploring.
1: Yeah. And that kind of like leads into my next question. What do you hope to see in the future regarding the movement of cats who explore with their humans? Um,
0: That's a good question. Well, one thing I would say, and I don't know how to word this exactly, but I hope, you know, because I have a feeling that it will increase, you know, you'll see more and more cats. I hope that people take their cats for the right reason. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not that it, not, I hope that it's not a, I don't want to say a fab because I have faith that most people taking their cats right now, you know, want, they generally love cats and they're excited like, oh, okay, you know, we can take our cats and let's do this, you know. Um, but as you know, you know how social media and you know how the world is. I hope that people do it for the right reasons. Um, I hope they keep the cats in mind, you know, that what does a cat want to go, you know, on, on a trip? You know, is is it is it a cat who will appreciate that? So I would just hope that it's a responsible movement forward, mm. you know, and it, it's for the right reasons. So that that's one thing I hope.
1: Yeah, that, that really hits home because it's more for enriching your cat's life yes. and not for the likes and the follows and the – it's not for the gram, <laughs> I suppose. Uh,
0: exact, yeah, good point. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and and that just reminded me one thing I want to say earlier, you know, when I was talking about the wilderness area. I am reluctant to tag some of the locations of the places we go anymore because I'm finding that, you know, Sometimes it's not good to take a location that's, you know, pristine and unique and beautiful. And everybody says, well, I want to go there and then tell everybody where it is. You know, I've, I've even heard stories in Oregon about like a little swimming hole where, you know, you could go be there by yourself. And nowadays, you, you know, five years later, it gets 100 people a day and they, they don't they're trying to keep people away, you know. Mm. And so it's not always good. Things aren't always good. And mm that's um but as it relates to the cats you know I hope hope that um, the movement is responsible
1: yeah I, I completely that but like that really hits home because I, I found recently with cat Explorer like something that I keep trying to highlight is the fact that your cat needs to be comfortable you we need we're doing this because we want to enrich our cats lives right but I do like I think every week I get an average of about 10 comments or questions about how do you do this and can I do this with my like old cat and I'm not saying that you can't do this with our old cat because we've got some senior cats in our community who do it and who have only started doing it in the last year but absolutely something I try and remind everyone is we're doing it for our cats so keep your cat in mind do it in their boundaries and stuff like that so yeah I'm really glad that you brought that up and on that note what's the um, most entertaining comment that you've had someone say to you while you've been out and about with Burma?
0: The most entertaining comment? Hmm, That's a good question because it, sometimes they're so cliche, you know, like yeah. I say, people say, is that a cat? Or wow, I've never, you know, um, I think some of the funnier ones, and it's kind of related to your question, but, It's like comments I see like under a Dodo video yeah, um, or something like that. When people, I don't know, they, they they love their cat obviously, but they kind of like put their cat down and they say like, you know, they've got these funny names and they'll say, Oh, you know, I don't know. They'll they'll just kind of make fun of their cat. Like my cat won't do this or my cat won't do this. There's some real funny, funny put downs of, you know, their own cat. Um, Sometimes that's funny when people like kind of put their own cat down in a loving way, you know. Like. Yeah, but um, I don't know, I don't really like this comment, but I've heard a couple people who have said to me, I don't like cats, you know, which, yeah, but they'll say, but I've had a couple people, point being, a couple people have said, you know, I don't like cats, but I like that cat, you know, your cat that's a cool cat i'd have that cat you know be like you know and they'll be so obviously i'm I'm not appreciative of people who don't like cats but you know it's kind of funny sometimes people will say that i've heard a few people say that i don't like cats but i'd like that cat that's that's, Mm -hmm. you know i don't know but other than that i don't know i get mostly mostly the cliche
2: types of things you know
1: yeah we always get hey there's a cat in a backpack no wait there's two cats in a cat backpack (laughs) It's like Correct. they always just seem surprised by the fact that we have two. Yeah, it's that
2: sort of verbally it's like a verbal diarrhea of what they're thinking in their head and it just doesn't come out really yeah, <laughs> cohesive. <crazy>.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really, really funny. Um so who are your favorite accounts to follow on Instagram and why?
0: Well, um Monk and bean. Um that is my girlfriend's mm-hmm. black cats. Mm-hmm. And um so obviously that's one of my favorite accounts. You know, I love the love the um she, she does their personality so good. You got monkeys a vampire cat with the fangs and you got bean this bigger cat who's sweet. Um you know her captions, you know, they're more on the comical side and um she they're they really she kind of really nails their personalities with her captions mm-hmm. and everything. So I love that. You know um and um I like Cat Explorer. Oh, thank you <laughs> yeah, obviously. thank you very appreciate you <laughs> yeah i love i love these cats um the, the, you know that are out there mm. I, I love seeing i love reading other stories about you know um the cats that do that i will say i don't know how to put this i, I put this i'll say this humbly my life is so hectic i don't really get to spend the time i would like on other people's accounts um If, if they come up, you know, I see them. Um, if not once in a while, I'll check in, but I I don't have so much time to spend on social media. And as you know, um, when you get in a big account and you have a lot of comments to answer, it it takes a lot of time. Um, Mm -hmm. so I would love to spend more time on it, but I'll tell you, I will say, um, so there are a um, a few stories that I really relate to that I like, uh, Bolt and Keel. I like Mm -hmm. those. Um, those cats and their story. And um, like I said, cat explorer, monk and bean. Um, I like Professor Pouncy. Yes.
2: Don't know if
0: you know who he is. He actually, we're actually friends. We've actually met and Burma has met Pouncey. Um, they've gone exploring together. So I really like him and he was actually the first Person that like kind of got my account going when I when I was taking pictures putting Burma in it I had like a hundred less than a hundred people on it back in like you know the first month or two but Adam um, he just saw I guess it came up and he really liked Burma's pictures and he he mentioned me on his account and all of a sudden I got a couple hundred followers three or four hundred followers and you know the count so he he kind of jump started our account like Professor Pouncey did. Um, I love. I am the great Went, mm-hmm. the cat photographer. Um, mm-hmm. We've met him, you know Andrew. Uh, so I, I like his account a lot. And then I, fo- I follow a lot of these rescue. You know they they they, mm-hmm. they, they post the cats that want to be rescued. Mm-hmm. So those are basically the sites I look at when I have the time.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure I'll
0: think some more, but on the spot, you know, I mean it's like. Right. Go ahead. Yeah, there
1: are so many awesome accounts out there. And I completely agree with what you say. It's really hard to, like, I, fa- I find a struggle to actually keep up with everyone. Like, I do my best. And there are weeks where, I, like, especially right now, so for everyone, we're recording this two days from Christmas. Yes. It's impossible to, like, keep up with what everyone's going through right now. And, yeah, I, I completely relate to what you say. But, um, yeah, those are awesome accounts. So, um, what product, service, or program has been a game changer for you and Burma and Puppy?
0: I would say definitely the um, the locator or the locator mm-hmm. uh, his tracking mm-hmm. device, excuse me, his tracking device um, has been invaluable. And the 550 cord, the parachute cord that I use for safety lines, um, I use that every day, mm-hmm. and. Other than that, we're not heavy on the products and and using a lot. You know, like I said, we're always minimalist. And I guess that kind of carries on from when we started out in 2013. And, and, you know, this movement didn't really exist. And I didn't know anybody else. and, And we were just doing what we were doing, you know, so learning as we go so we i think we kind of started off on the minimalist foot you know just the um i'm and and as far as harnesses go i've never really found a harness that he will stay in you know i've tried once or twice um some some different brands but he's never stayed in a harness and he has a tomcat side that when i try and put something like that on him it's a fight you know Mm. so the the kind of safety line on them is real quick and easy. Um, mm. So that works.
1: Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a blast. I have to say, I've learned so much in our hour or so together. Like, I really appreciate you taking the time. Where can we follow you, Burma and Puppy, online?
0: Um, well, our Instagram. That's our primary source of sharing, uh, Burma Gentle Cat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so there, we also do have a Facebook page page mm-hmm. Burma Adventure Cat. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll, yeah, I'll go ahead. Sorry. You go ahead. I was going to say we, we actually started out in 2013. We had Puppy in Burma. Um, there, so there's a Puppy in Burma Facebook. And one thing I didn't mention real quick, but I had shared a lot of pictures of Burma um, on my Facebook, the one I did have, my personal Facebook, back in the day in 2013, and a friend suggested we make a picture book. So we had mm-hmm. made a book that was actually published, uh, crowdfunded. She did it. Oh, cool. And it's called The Adventures of Puppy in Burma. Um, it's a photo book, you know, um, that is, is geared around pictures of puppy in Burma, which tells a little bit of my story, a little bit too personal in that book for me but you know i didn't come up with the storyline um and you know it's real so it is what it is but the adventures of puppy in burma um was a book we did in 2013 and it was published through blurb mm-hmm. and i believe it is it has been on iBooks before i don't know if it is but it has been before um and they have a facebook if, if you looked up the adventures of puppy in burma you get a Facebook. Um, it's a little different. I, I do not maintain that. I haven't posted there in quite a while, but it is there. But mm-hmm. as far as active Burma Adventure Cat, um, Facebook and Instagram.
1: Cool. What, what I'll do is I'll put all those links and all the links to all the things we've spoken about today, so including like the um, the locator and things like that in our show notes, which will be available at www.catexplorer.co forward slash podcast. And I just want to say to everyone, thank you so much for listening to us today. It would mean the world to you to us if you could subscribe to the Cat Explorer podcast on wherever you listen to your podcast. And it will really help us continue to get some awesome guests on the show who will be able to keep inspiring you and keep giving you some awesome advice about exploring with your kitty. And we'd love to hear what you think about today's episode. So feel free to screenshot this episode on your phone post it to your Instagram stories and tag us at catexplorer.community and at Burma Adventure Cat and let us know what your main takeaways are. And as always, thank you so much for being a part of the Cat Explorer community. We're so grateful for each and every one of you. That's it for today and we'll catch you next time. In the meantime, enjoy giving your kitty the world.